0: And you welcome to wade in after a brilliant weekend of jumps racing in Down Royal and across over in England as well. Delighted to look back on it all, including some of the big questions that you've sent in from the week just gone in racing in the company of Mr. Kevin Blake. Kev, how are we? I'm good you I'm good you back in a car park but hey oh we listen, won't complain listen, listen Kev it's where you belong it's where you're most comfortable you, you just you highlight car you, park most, Kev. You, you just don't feel comfortable unless you're sitting in some random car with strange people so Tony, Tony we decided to leave him there we decided to leave him there what do you reckon well at least he's doing it in daylight not, not, not his
1: normal hours yeah. so, yeah. so, so we, he won't be getting any knocks on the window throughout this year yeah. never, see, never yeah. say never say
0: never co- he has a whole code of knocks depending on what time you knock, Kevin opens the door different ways. Like I tell you. Right. When,
1: when, when you posted that picture
0: of your out
1: your at your your house, a picture of Golden yesterday, you didn't you didn't uh, you didn't add in the car park to the right where you go quite a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a little safe zone. Anyway, listen. You sit there, Kevin. Just mind mind for the cars, and we'll uh, we'll get stuck in. Before we talk about uh, the racing from the weekend, of which there is a lot to talk about, uh, I do want to highlight that this is safer gambling week uh, across Ireland and England. So in terms of the industry overall. I guess just to highlight and, and make everybody aware of the measures that are in place to promote safer gambling. Um, measures such as loss limits, budget calculators, you know, just raising get about the sport techniques and everything that's open to uh, people gambling as well to help them out as best they possibly can. Tony Calvin, you might be writing a piece on this set later on this week, perhaps for betting.betfair.
1: Yeah, they've asked me to, to do a piece. Uh, I might be writing it today or tomorrow. Uh, uh, you know, uh, time permitting. But obviously it's a massive week uh, for the industry and um, especially, you know, with the government as well. We You know, the industry have got to show willing about this and uh, they've got serious in the last couple of years. And, um, yeah, this is, uh, like I said, it's a very important seven days and you'll see a lot, industry-wide, you'll see a lot of articles and a lot of uh, uh, procedures that they've got in place for, for problem gamblers. And, you know, if, if you're a punter like me and, and you do have problems... Go towards your bookmaker and they've got dedicated teams available to speak to you now. So, uh, yeah, important week and hopefully I'll be knocking something out uh,
0: in the next uh, couple of days or so for betting.betfair. Lovely. Okay, safer gambling week uh, between... Uh, the 1st and the 7th of November We are in November, gentlemen And as such, the National Hunt season has It's funny with, you know, I guess with, with the Labrooks chasing down Royal as well And and the weekend just gone at Weatherby and at weather That, Kev, it does take a turn for the serious now In terms of, right, this is the jump season Let's get stuck in We should mention Frodon For me, the result of the weekend uh, For Bryony Frost, for Paul Nichols, Absolutely thrilling performance at Down Royal um, And we'll come on to Blue. But just in terms of the weekend just gone, your overall thoughts?
2: It was great, you I enjoyed it. Saturday, yeah. really, really good. Because look, look, everyone knows I, I love my flat race, and then you, you are sorry to see it go. And and sometimes, you know, you, you get very excited when the when the young horses start coming back out over the jumps, but you often have there's often a few false dawns. You yeah. know, it's, it, you know, seeing nice young horses win at five to one on is grand in some ways, and, and some of the big races, you know, they're often run with kind of the future in mind, etc. But to have a Saturday in October. That, that kind of really fi- fired up the jets like uh, like last Saturday did. It was very good. There was kind of an hour there, wasn't there? You'd throw it on, you'd, you'd Envoy Allen, you'd had a couple of mad races at, um, mm. at Weatherby and Ascot. There was just a lot happening very, very quickly that really it kind of encapsulated jumps racing. You know, you'd Shan Blue, you know, just jumps racing down to a tee, like, you know, yeah. taking your breath away. And then the fecker tumbles over. Um, there was a lot to take in. It was, it was great. High class action, exciting stuff. And yeah, it would fire you back up now and, um, and remind yourself that, uh, yeah, this jump race is not too
0: bad, Hugo, not too it's, bad. It's not the worst, Tony. I presume, yeah, yeah. the racing post. I didn't see the racing post yesterday. I presume the racing post was full of the front page of Frodo. It was all about Bryony and Frodo yesterday, I presume, yeah? Uh, no. Uh, no. A certain, what? A certain <laughs> Oshin Murphy interview. Um, and she <laughs> was wearing a
1: lovely kind of like uh, furry hooded uh, coat as well. Yeah, we've we got a couple of questions on that and whether yeah. or not the racing yeah, should have should have led on Froden. <laughs> it was on the Froden was on the bottom strap line but it was uh, the front page was don- dominated by the murphy interview which is which in in terms of I'd imagine the the reads they got and the uh, yeah and and uh, you know the interaction they got off the murphy interview it's it's editorially understandable but a lot of purists out there thought they should have led uh, with uh, the Bryony Frost win and Frodo yeah which, and look just so we're clear
0: just so we're clear I, I was taking the piss there I, I mean on editorially it's up to the editor as well I mean for me I couldn't care less what they do on the front page as long as no. everything's covered in the paper so that's uh, that's what I'm saying but TC your thoughts on Frodo here? because I'm telling you now like, like when Bryony rode him back in uh, to the winners enclosure at down Royal it was a beautiful sunny afternoon it was absolutely packed uh, full of people at Den Royal, and they got a massive reception. I was delighted for her. I have to say, after everything she's been going through over the last while, and delighted for her. Yeah. Paul Nichols, who took the brave decision to send this horse over uh, to the best of the backyard in, the, in terms of the Irish three-mile specialist, and come out on top.
1: Yeah, well, obviously Paul's got a lot of history of going over to to that meeting, hasn't he? But mm. and he, he seems to have, from somewhere out since Frodon coming from summer break, he seems to have targeted uh, that race with Frodon and he can get one when he when he when he gears up to get one fit he gets some fit all right and she need he that horse needed every ounce of his exuberance and tenacity to win that race isn't it, it was even for an old cynic like me it was a really hot you know a, a heartwarming victory i mean the horses you know it's a nine-year-old 33 33rd race over fences uh just some horse isn't he and I, I was watching it live with a couple of rates around my house and but well, there was that camera shot turning in, and it looked as though the three horses in behind were really kind of like going to swamp on. And I just turned around and said, you know, you know, he's done. And, um, and the in-running market pretty much reflected that as well, because you know he, he he went out to he went out to seventy in running on Betfair. So uh, yeah, but the the manner in which he kind of like stuck on and you know beat a rock-solid stare like like Galvin, a race-fit one as well, was it really was, um, it really was pretty wondrous, Um, you know, I I don't mind but I I don't tend to get worked up, about horse racing, as there's other sports, in terms of spectacle, but, my god me that was that was, bang it was up, brilliant wasn't it, from from a racing point of
0: view and and, and as well Katie Walsh who was on our coverage on RTÉ Kevin pointed out uh, afterwards in the post race interview with Bryony that um, Bryony had walked the track twice to get the sectionals down on the track where she could give Frodo on a, a bit of a break uh, to set the timings from from fence to fence and she got it absolutely bang on
2: Oh yeah and I think these two just have a, a great partnership I know there's always a lot of focus on kind of the 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 uh, I suppose the Post race stuff, you know the interviews, etc. But they just, when you break it down, they just have a very good partnership. They're very well suited to each other. Um, he's a wonderful horse, and she she does ride him particularly well. Um, it's a great style of, of, to watch, you know. He's so attacking, and he's like he's not the best horse around, Frodon. You know, he he never was. But between Nichols just being so ballsy with him, you know, Briny riding him so well and the way he runs, you know, he, he drags horses into the trenches, upsides them, and they need to be very hardy to, to get the better of him. And, you know, for a horse that isn't, you know, one of the better ones around in terms of peak ability, and I mean that with all, with all due respect, you know, to have won a, a Ryanair chase, a King George, you know, a, a champion chase at Down Royal and a heap of other races, like he, he really is a, a dream. Dream of a horse, and um, it, it's like Nichols, uh, Tony, summed it up there. Like, but Nichols is just deadly, you know. It, this, the, you know, it's it, it something. So Nichols was summed up really. I thought at Punchestown last last season when he brought over Clan Sobo You know, you the whole every trainer in England moaning and groaning about the Irish whipping him at Cheltenham, and what does Nichols do? He loads up the horse box and brings one of his best horses to Punchestown into their backyard and goes and wins you know and much the same here again you know he set his stall out when, when we spoke to him with Betfair a month ago he said it like this horse will be fit for his life and they I they hope they're ready for him when he goes over and he did it and he won and it was it was brilliant and it was, it was def- certainly the highlight of the weekend and it might be a few, a fair few weekends more now before we get a highlight to beat it I'd say What did you think of Envoy Allen as well Kev
0: briefly before we move on?
2: Oh yeah, very good. Um, like not a, not a tough task on paper, but great to see him jump around as well as he did um, and, and show all that sparkle that made him, you know, one of the most exciting horses in training for the last couple of years. You know, you forget about him; because he had a few blips at the back end of the last season, but like this fella is hugely exciting and I can't wait to see him next time maybe in the John Durkin up against some, some top horses um, and see where he fits in because he, he's got all that potential is still there. Um, Henry's had more time to have a crack at him to get to know him, etc. And uh, I can't wait to see where he fits
0: in. Okay, so the overall uh, King George picture T uh, C. thrown on five to one now from twelves, Envoy then eights from twenties, and Shan Blue has been cut to eight to one after his performance. Three out, he came down. Obviously, everybody knows now uh, when he travelled so well. Looked a winner, absolutely all the way. What do you make of the incident itself, to, uh, where he fell? First of all,
1: I'm a bit reluctant to pass judgment on this because. I'm probably the worst person in the world because I pay no attention to jockeys. I've never sat on a horse. I wouldn't know about styles or coming up short or coming up too long. Um, But... What I would say is Harry Skelton got us so much shit for that ride on, on social media. I, mean, I have
0: to say I was completely taken aback by the amount of shit he got, and I watched it over and over again and say, right, let's see here wh- where people can make out that Harry Skelton made the mistake here. I I can't understand like how how do you stop a horse like that taking off if it wants to take off?
2: Like because... I don't I, know, I don't want to put words in people's mouths now, but I think some of the criticism and and frustration it's not so much about what he did coming down to the fence it's what he did before that because Harry like it would be a consistent theme with Harry that that he is isn't shy about kicking on you know we saw it again and again at at Cheltenham last March you know he isn't shy about kicking on I don't know if that's a a Harry thing if it's you know if, if Dan likes them ridden that way but I, I got the impression, I could be wrong, maybe I'm misreading it, I got the impression that people were more frustrated with that than anything
0: he did. Why the then, okay, but Why? Because, because because imagine if he hadn't kicked on and the horse had been caught. Or I, like, I, the horse was cruising. The horse was absolutely cruising along. And Harry says, right, come on, let's go. I, like, I don't get the criticism here for what he did wrong. He said kick on. The horse was absolutely flying it. He would no reason to believe that the horse was going to come down. He jumped absolutely brilliantly. I don't understand where the criticism comes from on this occasion. Yeah, look a lot of Irish trainers just don't just don't like their horses being ridden like
2: that, you know, and it seems to work out fine. You know, a lot of the Irish jockeys, you you can notice, you will notice a real difference, especially at Cheltenham when you get the two the two populations of top jockeys mixing. You know, a lot of the time the top English boys when they're kicking, a lot of the Irish boys are pulling and waiting. Um so I, I think that does wind people up a little bit rightly or wrongly. And I I felt my interpretation of the criticism was that that was more so on that than what he did on the approach to defence was my reading? Could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think it I think it's yeah, true. I think it's more to do with there is a, a historical body of work with Harry maybe going a bit too quickly, including this horse at, at Cheltenham last year. But no, I, I thought I thought that was that was pretty unfair, but I mean, as as we'll come to on the questions a bit later, there is a lot of people willing not willing to forgive and forget there, that's for sure. But as you yeah, yeah, to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the horse as we got the horse as 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 you fell three out, not two out um he's allowed to race off his old mark of 148 in the in the Labbox trophy at the end of this month and you know from a handicapping point of view what he would what what he presumably was about to post there and i do have slight reservations because i'm not totally sold on this horse's stamina over over three miles in that kind of company even even if he won the quarter star over that at kempton last year um yeah so they they can't raise him because it because he fell three out and, and not two out and but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be rushing to to back him there. And what you know? No, no, if you're no, no, if you're like you say, I, I would have, I would have serious stamina doubts about that horse. Yeah,
2: no, uh, I'd be the uh, same. Over, over,
1: Why you uh, go? Going over three uh, mile, I... three mile one, three mile two.
2: Yeah, I'd be the same. I'd be thinking the exact same way. Like, look, he stays. I think he stays. But is it his best trip? I don't think so. Like, and we talked about this horse a lot last season, and I was very sweet him through last season. Like, you you'll struggle to see a better jumper. Ironically, yeah, like he's him. just fallen. Like, he's a fabulous jumper. But I think he's one of those you just what you you want to let him rock and roll over a shorter trip, ideally, and and make use of that jumping and make use of his cruising speed. And I just fear that in, in a Labrox Trophy he'll either end up in front a long way out or he'll end up kind of having a rest of the match with him in the first half of the race trying to get him to shorten which naturally I don't think the horse really wants to do so for me he'll be a take on at the Labrox Trophy for all that he looked very well handicapped um, he'll be a take on for me on the day and um, he'll be interesting certainly if he drop back to you know two and a half in, in a big handicap
0: Um, subsequently maybe a chapter oh yeah. who knows but Oh, yeah, not to be disrespectful to the winner, but Fusel Raffles, to me, isn't worth it. I mean, I just I can't get... I mean, just I mean the fact that Sterling was pulled up as well, I mean, is he gone now? Is he gone at the game? Um, I know you gave a favourable <sighs> mention to Kitty's Light, like Kev, so if people followed you in on Racing Only Better um, and each way bad Kitty's Light, obviously, they would have got paid and to be delighted for it. But Fusel Raffles, to me, I mean, my, one of the most unexciting horses in training, so I just can't have him any which way. Um, no.
2: Yeah, look, it's, it's, you know, I think if the thing had played out like it seemed like it was going to like Shan Blue was probably going to win by distance wasn't he so you don't want to read too much into what happened in behind surname and I was I was trying to I was giving Nichols a few digs in the ribs there at this time last year trying to see would he coax him into trying him over two miles because I've always thought he'd make a two miler and they're on the back foot with him now clearly um, I'd love to see them try it. Mightn't work. Maybe the horse is just gone. But I think two miles, let him rock and roll. There, he has a little bit of history with with, with breeding issues. Um, you know, I, that's what I do with him. Uh, but yeah. uh, I'm clear, I'm clearing up on Nichols.
1: <laughs> if anybody can get him back in a in a you know in a relatively short space of time, it's Nichols. I mean, you remember, you know, Denman was finished after the heart murmur, wasn't he? Quarter was yeah. all but done with, and you know he brought him back for to win that uh, that last Betfair Chase. So, yeah, I, I, there's, we got a question on this a bit later. And I can I can see Nichols maybe chancing his arm in the Tingle crease, uh, actually, over two miles. But, nah, yeah, it'll be interesting good. to see what they do with him now. But just just before we sign off on, on Harry's get we should we should mention, although they had a, a few winners over the weekend, uh, Harry and Dan had a, had a very bad Sunday because they lost two horses at uh, Huntington yesterday, Kadzan and Crook's Peak. Uh, oh, they, God. you know, they they both didn't return home. One one fell, one pulled up. So, uh, and Kazan was a was a very promising horse in his own right as well. Not that not that, that matters because every every horse lost is is a, is a tragedy of, of in some respects. You know, if they're they're good or bad. But yeah, Harry Harry and Dan probably had a, a weekend to forget all told. Even though they had their their mm. winners.
0: Yeah, tough one to have for everyone to take, um, especially when you lose horses like that. Whatever about losing races, when you lose horses like that, it's difficult for everyone. In the Vatican, um TC, um, for the mares or the, the stayers, if you're so inclined, were you soon to be impressed? Is that a price that you're kind of interested in? I know it's a long way for Cheltenham, so I don't want to frame it as a Cheltenham bet, but were you impressed by the win at the weekend?
1: Um, yeah, I was, actually. Um, but... I was more drawn to the second, again, uh, one of Skelton's, uh, Prashima, uh, having his first having his first start over three miles. He travelled like a dream and traded six to four in running. I thought he was going to go and pick up indefatigable. Um, but I, I, I think there's a dude handicap in Prashima um, mm. in, in sub three miles in handicap hurdles. Uh, and another one, We it was a big weekend for the Great Wood Hurdle point, pointers. so uh, we had... Um, had lane in uh, over your way uh, yeah obviously we had soaring glory uh i'll come to him in a minute and i thought marie's rock ran an eye-catching race in the mayor's hurdle uh, it was going to go for the greatwood last year but they couldn't get it ready in time so if the ground's decent 25 one about marie's rock for the greatwood it could could well interest me but i don't know if that's a, that's her target or not as well but soaring glory um I was massively impressed. Yeah, he was brilliant.
0: Head. He was brilliant. He was,
1: like I said, I you know I don't go into this paddock nonsense or anything like that but physically on the screen he just looked a complete unit when coming there on the outside of Liam Cavallio and Boot, uh, Boot Hill. Um I thought he was very impressive performance. I think the, the second is the solid as it could get and um, he wasn't really that strong in the market. I mean, he went off for about a five-to-one shot on the exchange, but he wasn't sure it was a shorts freeze the, the day before. They uh, left the wood behind them here, didn't they, Tony? Possibly, possibly, but
2: uh, why didn't they go straight there? mind-blowing <laughs> yeah, well, like they mentioned it afterwards they said oh the grade would might come a bit soon for him you know so we, we were speculating about it on friday why yeah. if they'd like if they thought he was well treated and in good nick etc why he wouldn't go to the grade as, would he be guaranteed as, as enough we, as mark
1: yeah as we said um, in yeah. racing only better perhaps after the supreme disappointment uh they maybe have doubts about him uh being a cheltenham horse but yeah, but Boy they but God they did God mention God after after
2: this one, they, they made mention of the Great wood. They said like, oh, maybe it'll come too soon. So they like they weren't they, you know, if, if Cheltenham was the issue, they certainly would have mentioned wouldn't have mentioned the Great wood. So um you can't help but feel they've left it behind them now for the sake of winning a, you know, twenty four grand race in that. What
1: were they raising? They're raising seven, eight pounds for that? He he did I I was massively impressed by him. You know, he disappointed me mm-hmm. at, in, in at Cheltenham last year, but he, he looked a two-mile handicap, heard of the going places, back
0: up to, to, yeah, back back to Grady yeah. Company, probably. And you mm. mentioned Gordon Elliott. Gordon Elliott had an unbelievable couple of days down Royal, uh, Kev, as well. I mean, that three-year-old, um, that won on Saturday morning, the I name mean, escapes me. Was Zana here looked, I thought, very good on Friday as well. You mentioned Esky Lane as well. Gordon um, had, a, had, a, had a super couple of days.
2: He did and like there was as well as the the big couple like the thing, the thing with Gordon if you're you're, like if you're paying attention to the sales scene etc for the last couple of seasons like Gordon has been dominating the point to point sales like to an extent that's never been seen before he like you look at the top lots at all those point to point sales for the last two years and the proportion of them that Gordon has got is unprecedented and we're just starting to see it kind of come through now. Um, you know, I really like that Mighty Potter that, um, that one. Oh, very Royal. good. Very I good. He, and, and uh, I did a stable tour with Gordon a few weeks ago. And it, again, it's one of those that wouldn't necessarily come on the paper, but I just got, if, if you'd asked me afterwards which horse did Gordon sound the most taken with, I would have said Mighty Potter. He sounded very sweet and without saying yeah. loads of words. And there was American Mike, you know, another one that, that's, there's been plenty of chat about. And I just feel that we're going to have, a conveyor belt of Gordon Elliott, young young horses trained by Gordon Elliott there for the next couple of seasons, and if you if you if you have a mind to look a bit further down the road, kind of three four years, you know if Gordon's going to come back and and have another crack at Willie, another proper crack, you can see it happening in the in the next three or four years with all this young talent he has coming through.
1: You you're mm, absolutely. with him. you're with him. Um, presumably you, you spoke to him um, over the weekend. You uh, at the track. He he's. He seems a man on a mission, doesn't he? He's got the fire in his belly again, isn't he? He does.
0: He does, he does and he, he gave an interview on RT to Brian Gleeson We've got a question about um, that later Yeah, he said, yeah he, he said at the outset he said at the outset uh, yeah look I, you know obviously I made a mistake I apologise for it and move on and Brian tried to go back into it again and Gordon I don't know whether he wanted to take the microphone and try and knock him out or whether he was going to just walk <laughs> off anyway That, but it was it, it made for uh, anyway it made for an interesting view And in fairness Brian, Brian held on to him He, got he, him, stup, to he stuck with it ours, him He got it He, he stuck, stuck with him, him. He stuck <laughs> with him yeah but I think if, he, if Brian had even tried it much as one more second about uh, the suspension, <laughs> I think Gordon was actually going to knock him out. Combed, so, I, I but, um, I'd love to yeah. I love to see that. I mean,
1: I, I'd love to see more combative stuff over here. I mean, ask the difficult question, and it's
0: yeah, and if you yeah.
1: when you get the reaction he got there, it was job done for Brian, wasn't it? Because he was bristling like that, wasn't he? He really. Well, he doesn't I mean, look. He's,
0: yeah. He doesn't want to talk. He, like you know. I guess because it's RTE's RTE's first um, RTE's first program since. Um, the national hunt has resumed. So, like, Gordon's been asked about this before on racing TV. He's been asked by journalists since he's been back racing, which has been obviously a good few weeks now. So, by the time RTE gets to me, he's like, listen, I'm done with this. I've said all I'm going to say. The thing is done now. I've served my time now. Would you piss off and let me allow trainers? And that's how, that's how he sees it. So, Brian coming in and saying, can we just talk? He just didn't want to have anything to do with it. So, I totally understand that. Um, but look, he's back training winners now. He gave Envoy. I don't know if you saw this, somebody put up on Twitter, um, he yeah. gave Envoy a pat yeah. on the back as he was going out, which I thought was brilliant as well. Like, he obviously misses that horse and sure. Look, he's back flying with winners, I'm sure. It's gonna be an interesting season if all these young guys, as Kev said, start to come through and, and show what they can do in the in the juvenile races and the early stage season. So we'll see what happens. and um, Right, lads. Let's move on to some other issues, shall we? Uh, look, we mentioned um, Oshie Murphy and um, the interview. Uh, it was a, an interesting interview, Tony Calvin, in yeah. the Racing Post. Whether or not it was deemed worthy of the front page is a matter of of your preference. But uh, in, in terms of the interview, there was some amazing lines in the story. I thought that jumped off the page like yeah. something out of a, I don't know an Equinox film. But what, what was your overall take yeah, we, on the interview? Well, leaving aside the you know the revelations
1: and that he's now he hasn't had a drink for three weeks and he's now in a, a going to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings um I don't think any of that social side of, of Sheen would have taken many people in racing by surprise because you know it's been quite well known for a while behind the scenes and it's and it's understandably not tried out in public that you know he, you know he he can be a bit wild on the social side and he has been for quite a while and, and this obviously bore that out but one part of it, I, I think. I think
2: it would be. A, I think it would be a big surprise to the racing public, though, Tony. Yes, like, yes, I, think, yes. I, I, yes. I think, like there's, a, and we saw that in the reaction to the various stories that have come out there in the last couple of years. That there would be, um, there would be a view there that, that you know this is. I think this must be just the one off. You know, is a very. Is a, but yeah, but Kevin,
1: I think you, you you must you must admit that any racing journalist worthy salt with his ear to the ground. None of this. None of this stuff. You know. We we had it last oh, absolutely, year. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We had it last year with the positive, you know, the positive test for cocaine and and how people, you know, ball, ball with him, still tried him out as a ambassador for for, for Ascot on the Champions Day, etc. I mean, they must have been doing so with a marked card, but you know that's done and dusted. He's held his hands up, he's admitted his problems, and you know people are going to have to let him get on with that. But one one there was one part of that interview that I thought was absolutely huge and totally out of place. If I was the journalist, I would have just like really honed in on this and tried to drill it, drill it for it. I'll read it out to you. Okay. This is Peter Thomas in the Racing Post. He said he still worries that regular trips to his favourite Mayfair casino may place him in danger of the residual narcotics we reportedly come into contact with every day. Now, what the actual that is is that doing in
0: an article? That is the strangest is so- line of writing that I have seen in quite some time. Make, make what, 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 what is it? What is this? What is this? What is the rationale for that going in? He still worries that regular, his regular trips to his favorite Mayfair casino would basically that. Listen, guys, I don't know what that means. What is he trying to say there? I think we know what he's trying to say, but to put that yeah. down in paper to me is absolutely bizarre. No, no, I'm
1: going shopping in. I'm going shopping in. Same a bit later. I mean, I'm. You know, in every 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 walk of life, you you, you are gonna you're in danger of coming into contact. Something, but that is well. This well, this is, just, well, this is it. Is if you if you
2: if you if you are if you are so worried about it that you you felt the need to mention it in an interview, you surely you surely just wouldn't go. <laughs> you know, if you if you told yeah. you were in danger of getting yeah. a a second what would be a second positive, um, uh, which would have like. Uh, you know, career changing ramifications. If you were, well, if you were that concerned, you you just wouldn't go. Dare I say? But you're actually name. You're actually name Call me, call uh, me, call me what you like, but I you just wouldn't go. <laughs> you're absolutely. You're, <laughs> you know? you're,
1: well, presumably you're more in danger of uh, picking up something an alcoholic's anonymous meeting than going to a Be- Mayfair <laughs> casino. It's absolute. It's an absolutely bizarre thing to to was, write to strange. say, write and it read. Was strange. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm amazed that if I was. If I had my column in a national newspaper or something like that, I'd have. And I know there are sensibilities around this because he has come out, and you've got to respect his privacy and the fact that he's getting treatment for his, for his for his drink problem. But as, it shouldn't preclude people from from homing in on that and saying. Where are you coming from here, man?
2: back on the broad of it, you, uh, I, 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 I say, I would say, definitely say fair play to Ashin for giving that interview in the way that he did, and in, in the broad sense, because um, the way the whole thing was greeted, he could have just left it. He could have just left it it was the story had had run its course he could have just left it but in fairness he he's, he's come out addressed it being upfront and be, being honest you know I think you applaud that and you know that that's all we ever kind of talked about really when we when we talked about this issue that they just hope that they do confront it and deal with it. And and get him back on the right track because it's you want kind of long term you want you want everyone to be good for O'Shea and have a have a long career etc uh, and not go not go the wrong way and I think this is just giving this interview is probably a good positive step in the right direction and putting it out yeah. there you mm-hmm. know
0: agree yeah. Yeah, okay, good stuff, gentlemen um, The Breeders' Cup, uh, lads Obviously, first of all The Melbourne Cup is taking place Well, it's it's the early hours Of, of tomorrow morning So uh, it's Monday today 4am Tuesday It's going on uh, Kev, what's the what's the overall thoughts On the Melbourne Cup this year? Who's your nap to win it? Yeah, well,
2: like in, in the broad sense I suppose the story is It's probably going to be One of the weakest Melbourne Cups In a long time um, mm-hmm. Because of everything That's gone on um, in terms of European horses getting down there, I think in the last kind of five years, there's been between 8 and 11 European-trained runners. Uh, and because of all these new restrictions and requirements, we only have two this time. And when you consider that, you know, the Europeans have had, you know, one, two trees in the race, I think three out of the last four years... And a 2-3-4 in the one that they didn't, you know, taking the the majority of those Europeans out is going to lessen the race. Um the Aussies have a big horse in incentivised that they're very excited about. Um will he stay? Is the big question mark. And with um with Twilight Payment being there for Joseph, uh there'll be no state secrets about how he's going to be ridden. Made all last year. Um I'm just hoping that uh, that that our man on top, like he did last year, just uh you know go go, go uh, you'd rather see him go too fast and too slow and uh Drag these Aussies the in the deep Make water the and see can, yeah dra- drag them in the deep water and see can they swim
1: Hugh yeah. I can't wait yeah, for it. Yeah. no
0: room no room left for sprint finishers in this Melbourne Cup I can tell you what
1: what what car park are you watching that from at four a.m. this morning <laughs> <Ken>? <laughs> the old the lights at the old lights been flashing oh, if he goes up past the front
0: he can't be making that public and have every Tom Dick and Harry turning up TC. <laughs> oh, well, we'll right. one of them anyway yeah right <laughs> um, what about the um, yeah, as well as a, and we do have a question <laughs> on this we do have a question on this as well I wonder I wonder would Bob Baffert get any horses safely sent to the Melbourne Cup do you reckon he could jump through the hoops to <laughs> keep them there Kev
2: oh,
1: oh
0: Jesus yeah we're, we're going to be hearing oh, plenty God. about
2: Bob this week now Does um, yeah. that look everyone knows there's, there's been all sorts of controversy this year since the Kentucky Derby um, and and other things going on with Bob I think the Breeders Cup are allowing him to compete they've kind of um made uh they've made a a custom set of Bob Pafford rules uh, in terms of additional testing and etc to to allow him do it um to allow him to run you know it's probably from a perception point of view as much as anything if they if they're going to let him run which they are they want people to have confidence that there's absolutely no chance that there's anything untoward going on um, and and look, there's two sides to this coin. And I actually thought Nick Luck wrote, <laughs> wrote a really good piece about it in the Racing Post. He was a guest columnist there. And uh, Nick doesn't, ah, we, we we mostly, um, Nick, we mostly consume Nick through um, you know broadcasts and podcasts, etc. But he's 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 well able to write as well. And I thought he he put both sides of the of this particular um, debate down quite nicely. And there, there's going to be a lot of focus on it. Um, and, you know, I hope it doesn't take away from, from the Breeders' Cup, but it'll certainly give us all something to talk about, that's for sure. Mm,
0: absolutely. I think, TC, we should congratulate Kev for being the uh, specialist writer, writer about horses that start with the letter N in the uh, nominations recently. I thought he, was, he did very well to get into that bracket. <laughs> horses that start with the letter N is, is a fairly crowded, congested market for journalists writing it. Yeah, he, I think he did pretty well to get in there, TC. Yeah,
1: he did, actually. Um, I mean, you've got to expand your horizons a bit. I mean, if you're a specialist, I mean... <laughs> I, I, I do um I, I do worry about that. I mean yeah, obviously yeah, lie, rac- right? obviously <laughs> yeah obviously the racing posts are ridiculously well represented there and no, yeah, fair play from Look, they've all got their they've all got their positives and uh, and negatives and I d I wouldn't shy away from that. But I mean like I wouldn't say anybody's not deserving, but it was good to see Jack Keane in there from the Sun, young guy who's in Safe Gambling Week, you know, he, he wrote an article early on in the year about his, his own gambling addiction and problems. I read it.
0: Yeah, I read it. It's very and good. It,
1: and he was one of the people that... Um, he, he was the sole journalist who ran with the Oshie Murphy story uh, and actually revealed details of what happened in that yard pub at Newmarket that night. He was one of the journalists who who got up. He was the sole journalist who got up his ass and investigated that story. He ran with it um and it took him eight days but for reasons i, I spoke to him about and, and he explained so uh, good to see him in there my only problem with the hwpa awards is is we don't know who the judging panels are now i asked somebody who would know about the sports journalist awards uh, and they say they do reveal who the panels are the judging panels are but they don't reveal what awards they relate to so i would like and they can there's no reason why the hwpa can't can't do that here i mean they should name who's who's judging their their peer shouldn't they because you know if if it's a really if it's a really kind of like esteemed and respected racing panel then then fair be it but I think I don't see any downside in, in, in naming uh, who the panels are. That's that's my only.
0: Are, problem, are these it? awards a big deal, TC? Forgive my ignorance here. Obviously, not outside of the press room. <laughs> not no, not outside, outside of the, of the press, press room. <laughs> but, I
1: mean, but obviously, there are there are more some more deserving winners than later and uh, than others, and there are clearly some people that you know make the fact that they're just about to retire may influence the judges' voting, shall we say allegedly yeah but no um, no they're not a big deal there but obviously it's a it's a feather in your cap if you do win an award like that but be interesting is know who's um who's uh who's judging well that's why i'll tell you best.
2: just for just very quickly it, i i something that gave me a lot of pleasure now is just how many of the irish lads um got nominated you know a whole bunch of them there Geno double knob david jennings um richie Forrestal. um who else who else who else um alan sweetman you know, real, real legend of the Irish presser and Brian Sheeran. Um, there, there was a whole bunch of them, and like we, we actually don't have any equivalent awards in Ireland. Um So yeah. that's why that's why all these Irish mm. guys have to have to enter the HWPAs. But uh, yeah. it's great, great, great to see a lot I of do, Irish guys. Well,
1: you're, com- well, you're coming over here, nicking all our races at Cheltenham. You're going to come over <laughs> here and nick all our bloody awards yeah, at the yeah, Ankerstone. Well, well, I, I like, I'll tell you what.
0: Six. I tell you what, TC. I'm looking forward to the, when they have the award for the racing podcast host whose name starts with the letter H that has red <laughs> hair. I think I'm guaranteed to be nominated for that one. And if I don't, I'm no, really disappointed
2: I would say it's fair, just fair play to the HWPA for letting Irish entries come in because like no one's yeah. going to knock them if they say, "Well, lads, look, you have to be British based to enter here." It's a, it's a British based organisation, um, but they, mm. they allow Irish people to come in, and um, it's fair. I, I think that's really um, credit worthy, and yeah, she we was well, looking forward okay. to
1: tonight. It'll be a we'll great to session we might have to review that after December this December yeah, yeah.
0: yes exactly we wait questions. to see what happens right questions uh, we've had a number on the issue of Harry Skelton so I'm just going to name check them as well I, we have dealt but I do want to ask one specific question here so um, Paul Robinson would Dan Skelton have more success if he had a better stable jockey champion jockey doesn't mean that you're the most competent Stuart Ackister says uh, how much better off would Skelton Yard be if they had someone like Brian Hughes a stable jockey Richie Lawler tiresome topic but has there ever been a worse champion jockey than the current national hunt incumbent Tony McCoy would be turning in his grave but Tony McCoy Koya's still alive, Richie. He's still very much alive and breathing. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to write his epitaph just yet. You know what I mean? He is still alive and his family would be shocked and devastated here otherwise. So thanks for your um, text. Uh, Paul Romain says Does Skelton need to uh, gun a clear leader who's cantering further away into his fences, inducing a tired error when all he had to do was have a look in the mirror and ease his mount home? Not that I had a chunk or anything like that. Um, Salvi EFC says I think you could widen that to ask Has there ever been a worse crop of national hunt jockeys in the UK? Better quality of race riding? from Irish-based jockeys has never really put up as a reason why the Irish do so well at Shetland. I'd use Robbie Dunn as an example in the Milkwood Milkwood example. (laughs) Uh, Rich says, is Shan Blue the new Might Bite? And the GOAT says, could the handicapper change Shamblue's rating or was he too far from the line? Sarah Humphrey's glimpse of gold was raised £2 when he unseated at the last, looking like he was going to win. So, what are the rules surrounding when the handicappers can adjust ratings? Regards uh, the GOAT. Um, so, okay, on those, um, Kev, quickly, um, what's the rules on handicappers adjusting uh, in a race when he comes down three out? Uh, apparently, it's, it's two out or thereafter. Okay, two
2: out of after. Um, it's, it's where that's applicable. Uh, just like in the, on the general team of jockeys, like I alluded yeah. to it earlier. Like I do think you can see quite a difference between the British and Irish jump jockeys when you go to Cheltenham. Um, you know, coming down the hill, especially, and like Ruby, in fairness to him, has been saying it for years. You know, you have to come down the hill to come up the hill in terms of energy distribution. You know, you got to give him a chance, and you just see a lot of those English-based riders um, will kick a long way from home. Um, and the other thing, the other side, and it's relevant to Harry Skelton as well. We don't know what instructions are being given. You know, Dan yeah. might really like his horse has been ridden like that. He has a lot of faith in their fitness, etc. And he wants them ridden really positively. And Harry's just following orders. I was just following orders. <laughs> um, so yeah. you don't know. You don't know. You, you know. You can't, you can't give a full appraisal until you know that. But um, I do think there is stylistic differences there, either side of the Irish Sea, for sure. That um, yeah. they can often be you know, quite stark when you get to the Shelton festival
0: okay lads let's get through all the questions then uh, Billy Oak says how come I can't pay for a bet this is for UTC with a credit card but I can pay a Twitter tipster for tips um, with my credit card there do you think more needs to be done to protect vulnerable punters from scum passing themselves off <laughs> as tipsters what about the scum um, scum might be a bit harsh but you do hear <laughs> some <laughs> You do you do hear some absolutely
1: disgusting tales from from tipsters and what they do and what they get out to. Basically, there's so many free to air tipsters out there. I mean, there's I don't think there's much need to go to go any further afield. But if you are going to pay, make sure they've got uh, uh, an IPNL. p l Make yeah. sure that they've make sure they you know you've done your background checks to them. You know, do searches for them, etc. There there are some very very good um, you know paid for tipsters out there, but uh yeah i mean it's 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 a fair point he makes and especially especially pertinent in in safe gambling week. so should there be some
2: should there be some regulation tony would there would there be a case to be made for that i know it's more work for someone but it is like this seems this seems to me to be a huge space i think this the size of this market would shock most people in terms of how much money people uh, is paid by people for tips I'm chilling, like you, I'm is, there. Is, is there a case we made for regulation? Well, I know, it I know somebody a lot
1: more comfortable. I know somebody who's who went into this last year and they told me what they were earning a month. And I was at he said he said, Why don't you he said, why don't you just go private with me? and I said, well, it's, no, it's not not very interesting. And he, he literally told me how much he was earning and I was staggered. Absolutely oh, okay. stack it by Well I tell you I've
0: been, I've been flirting with An idea for a website Called shortpricedouble.com But I think I'll just <laughs> Shout <out laughs> it and leave it up to really story, guys. I don't think, don't think I'll get much, much uptake. What do you reckon lads I don't think I'll get Much uptake uh, Magnolia Bloodstock says Are the BHA fit for purpose In regulating the industry In light of the time Taken to resolve the Frost and done accusations We dealt a lot with this uh, Magnolia last week And the BHA are getting An awful lot of flack For the amount of time Taken over uh, the, 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 the dealing of this case And we just hope That it will uh, be resolved One way or another whatever that conclusion is in a a kind of a a timely and orderly manner now despite uh, all the protestations. Just very
1: quickly on that, someone who listened to last week's show and would be in a position to know told me there's plenty of shit coming down the pipe the BHA's way in the the coming months so
0: watch this space. Right, Glenn Sargent says. Um, opinion on the Racing Post choice of front page this morning. We dealt with that, Glenn. Um, look, I guess it's all subjective, and it's what the editor will thinks will sell the most papers. Glenn, I think that's, in fairness, you know, to, to Richie Forrestal and the UK, like what they consider will sell the most papers is what goes on the front of the page. So, yeah. um, you certainly wouldn't blame them for uh, their choice of that. And um, Bob Barford in the of the Breeders Cup says John Gorman, um, John, yeah, we, we dealt with that one. Day. He's had to jump through hoops and make it all aesthetically as pleasing as possible, but it is ridiculous. I think that's what's my own opinion. Uh, TJ says, what would you do with surname? Personally, I'd love to see him drop down to two. Miles allowed to bowl along yes. with no Straight. Yes, Single creed. Kev says. Kev okay, agrees oh with that. Alex Kerr says. Is there enough interest for ITV to do a match of the day type show on a Sunday morning where they show highlights and review the big races from Saturday? Is there enough interest in that? Do you think, lads? Um, I, I don't think they get the numbers. I think there'd be a demand, but it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be enough to
1: to give them airtime on uh, on any of the ITV channels. I, I think mm. there's a. I think there's definitely a, a case for doing it during. Uh, on the evening um, of, of big festivals, you know, a Tuesday roundup at 11 o'clock, say on uh, Cheltenham and on each of the days. I think that could be a run. I think channel four used to do that back in the day, but I don't think there's demand for it out there. I mean, obviously we've got people can record the, the reruns and racing replays and, and, mm. you know, sky sports racing and racing TV have their Sunday morning shows as well. So you know, maybe mm. it will be good for people who don't have access to kind of uh, stuff like that, but I just don't think they get the numbers.
0: Chris Morton and Rock Ridge have two questions of Gordon Elliott. Chris says, where, where exactly did Gordon Elliott want to stick that microphone in his first interview on RT with Brian Gleason yesterday? The answer, Chris, is where the sun don't shine. And Rock Ridge <laughs> says, is Gordon Elliott doing himself no favours with his recent TV interviews? See RT on Saturday. Well, Rock, uh, look, I think he's just fed up with dealing with it now, so I think it's time we all move on. Jeremy James, why do ITV persist with the obviously dreadful camera angles? Do they really? Um, the tracker cam will
2: wind a lot of people up. Um, and we, we spoke about it endlessly really with camera angles I think we all yeah. appreciate um, kind of artier camera angles just not on the live shots you know show, show them afterwards and that often will enhance the, the our perception of the race but just in live shots, like I think everyone, everyone that's directing live shots of racing should be a betting man and understand yeah. what people want to see. And yeah. close-ups is is not what we want to see. And we don't want horses obscured, etc. It's very important that, that, and surely in most people's interest, to see as many horses as possible and see enough of how the race is developing as possible. By all means, go close, go over the top, go behind um, after the race. But alive, you you gotta get your bread and butter right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Flagship2UK says, how good is Froden and is Briony the key to getting the best out of him? What would the outcome have been uh, with another jockey on board? Well, if the skeletons were on, he would have fallen three out, I think is the answer to that. I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm, only jo- I'm only joking, lads. I'm only joking. Andrew how Lord you, says... Harry
2: would suit the horse, I'd say.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andrew Lord says, do none of you fancy doing a three-hour forty seven <laughs> podcast on the state of Australian <laughs> racing? And as I'm keen to get a few more race courses this year, I wonder which smaller UK and Irish jumps course would you get <laughs> <laughs> how do you think that's three hours I, 47 minutes on australia races do you want to do it?
1: i uh yeah
0: yeah
1: I, uh, <laughs> I, I would reckon if i wasn't doing this podcast at home i yeah. i would literally go to Pumpt, uh, plumpton every monday uh, yeah it's a lovely track get there straight from london um Brilliant. and it's a it's a really great day out. so if you want if you want uh, my idea of a uk track plumpton on a monday
0: yeah, three hours, 47 minutes to walk there from, from, from your house. is that right, from Plumpton? <laughs> <laughs> I think you probably could walk there in four hours, actually. Joseph Z says, thoughts on the John Berry appeal case from the staying for that handicap at Pontefract, lads. How can so-called stewards not reverse the placings here and somehow find Kevin Scott not guilty of dangerous riding? What would it have taken for a dangerous riding verdict? Scary precedent. Kev? Yeah, we, well, look,
2: we, we know the, we know the crack with dangerous riding in England. There hasn't been one for twelve years. They don't use it. Um, yeah. there, there's there's a reason they don't use it. That's a little. That's for me. It's a little bit shady related to insurance and and, and court proceedings, etc. Um, uh, my views on the interference rules are well established. You can know exactly why John Barry um, was so upset. His horse um, was 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 denied uh, their fair chance to to go and win the race. Do I think? the horse would have won without the interference, probably not, but that you can't switch your whip and essentially uh, nearly put the horse through the rails. I could, you could certainly see why that could or should be interpreted as dangerous riding, but they just don't do it in the UK, which is wrong. Uh, Interference rules are all a fluster. They've been wrong for years, but unfortunately there seems to be very little will in the UK or Ireland to mm. tackle this uh, very, very, very serious issue, I have, it, yeah. I
0: have it on good authority that if he didn't have a ginger beard, he'd have won. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely disgraced it. Bias out there towards ginger beards, disgusting. Liam D says, with the uh, champion hurdle seemingly one horse race, would a switch to the longer trip possibly make sense for abracadabras? Was still going away when winning with ease at Aintree. There's still a very classy horse in there. Yeah, I mean, I'd be with you there. What do you I, not um, think? I, I went up? and had a look
1: at Kev's piece on the uh, at the Racing website, and he seemed like like the Hatton's Grace is next, and he's, he said, oh. I'm going to keep him to mid race trips. So, I yeah. personally
0: would have a pop at three miles. Yeah, i tell you what. And then, if Abers goes there, if um, Honeysuckle comes back there, and if Zana here goes for the Hatton's Grace, it could be a right old good race at Ferry House coming up as well, uh, which could be the plan for uh, Zana here. We hear he could be going to Hatton's Grace. Uh, John Maloney says, Has Jonathan Moore been sacked by Gavin Cromwell? Likewise with Oshinor and Dermot Weld. AB Orr has retired, he hasn't been riding since mid September.
2: um I don't have an insight to either of those now in terms of what's okay. going on but um, they're, they're fair observations
0: Okay and Sean Clifford said I've seen on Willie's Stable Tour uh, Kescon Risk has left Joseph's Can you ask Kevin was there any specific reason or just new scenery
2: um, a, a couple of those owner's horses have left um, Kescon Risk has gone to Willie um, and Fleur who I know would have been in a lot of people's trackers and, um, and uh, Phil uh, Phil's Dudari that finished second to Envoy last season they've both um, they've both gone to end the bulger um, to go mm. point to pointing which uh, will, will raise a couple of eyebrows. I'm fairly sure mm. Phil Dudari actually ran in the point to point a couple of weeks ago and ran bad but uh, that's where Fluor has gone as well so um, yeah that's what happened there all yeah, the okay, tracker boys are pretty-
0: crying
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah. Luke Black says, um, can
0: can you ask Kevin if Beno is going hurdling, please? Is he going hurdling? It's not
2: the plan of the minute. It's not the plan of
0: the minute. Very good. Andy McGuire, has the standard of jumping from a UK horse racing deteriorated or is it just me? Well, I think we've kind of dealt with this a little bit, I guess, maybe just that the Irish have kind of um, creeped ahead. But um, if judging by the weekend is it to go by, there's certainly uh, uh, an awful lot of... Well, I, t- I thought uh, Sean Blue, obviously, and, and Froden in and of themselves were, were huge performances. Uh, Kieran, why no Irish uh, runner in the Charlie Hall? Seemed to be a weak turnout. Also, do we think Willie might have another go at the UK Traders' Championship quickly?
2: Um, I think they're a little bit slow to go over the um, first kind of third of the winter season. Um, yeah. Willie, yeah, well, look, I don't think Willie ever set out. It just was one of those that he he got a whole load of wins up um, in the first half of the season and all of a sudden said, oh, oh, geez, this might be on and kind of kept kicking. Um. So if he won a couple of races this side of Christmas, maybe he, he'd certainly yeah. have the firepower to have a crack if he wanted to. But um, yeah, he might be more concerned with, with keeping Gordon Elliott at bay at home.
0: Yeah, and Terry the Handicapper says, who would win a match race over three miles on firm ground? Stradivarius with a four-help, four, 4 or Greg LeMond on his time trial bike? I'm genuinely curious, son. <laughs> That's a tough one, Terry. It's a tough one to sign out. And I want to. My the final question is just for P.I.B. McGinty who um, replied to one of Tony's tweets. Uh, he wants to know, um, you know, do the English want to listen to a half-wit blagger, UCAS bounties, anti-English and political nonsense, or tuning into racing? So just for you, P.I.B. McGinty I'm starting a specific podcast for you. It's called Bashing Boris and Brexit. It's just for you. I'm going to send it to your DMs on Twitter, and it's an hour and a half. It's three uh, hours and 45 minutes of me. Uh, on bars, you, and I'm you. just sending it for your DMs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a classic uh, there was a classic (laughs) defence of you in there he said uh, this is nonsense I think you, Carhill Could be the next Terry Wogan
0: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you If they pay me his money I can do what the hell he likes Listen gents uh, A pleasure as always On Wade In uh, Just a quick reminder Once we sign off again It is Safer Gambling Week From the 1st of the 7th of November All the tools that you need For safer gambling uh, Whether it's you know, Limits on tools Just to create awareness uh, Budget calculators Whatever it is and There is help out there Do consult uh, the bookies as well uh, To find out exactly What tools are available It's all this week And we wish you Nothing About safety in your endeavours My thanks to Kevin and to Tony We're back with Racing Only Better On Friday to look ahead to the weekend Talk to you then